who's recording or re-recording this podcast because he recorded two podcasts and didn't like the outcome of them, so he's redoing them. This guy. That's him. up kids how are you doing today i'm doing quite well as i mentioned in the intro I, this is the second time around i've recorded this podcast i've been i've been on the the ring or the ropes i've been on the ropes no maybe maybe on the ropes i don't know been in the ring i've done this before is what i'm trying to say i i, I you know I've, I've thought about it and then i did it and then i exported it and I, I put it into the software and whatnot and i didn't even listen to it again all i knew was in my head that uh, I hadn't said what I wanted to say, and I hadn't really gotten to the point which I wanted to make, if I have a point which I wanted to make. Sometimes I don't, and that's okay. But sometimes I do, and that's, that's an important distinction to make as we go through life and when we think about these. So it is, it is the last day in May. It's the 31st of May right now, and I am fresh off the back of having been streaming for 204 days. It's been a while, suffice to say. So, I, yeah, I, 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 if you didn't know, if you haven't kept up with the things I've been doing, I've been doing daily streams for 204 days. Uh, I, I recently brought that to a finish, uh, season two of the lockdown streams. The reason that we did those streams is quite civil, quite straightforward, was to escape the mentality of lockdown, to give myself a space to breathe, to, you know, get out of my own head and, and help other people get out of their heads. Give people permission to chill was essentially it. Because some people do need permission to chill. They forget. They, they sit there and go, no, it's not okay for me to rest. It's not okay for me to do these things. And I said, well, now, every single day, there's going to be a space you can go where you can get a little bit of freedom. You can get a little bit of freedom to chill. I think the only directions I really ever gave were to sit down and have a drink. And I didn't even specify what drink, so everybody could have been wasted on these, these streams. I was never wasted on a stream. Even on the Valentine stream, where I played a Pigeon dating street sim. I I wasn't wasted. I'd had half a bottle of wine, but I was fine. I was just a little bit warm by the end of that stream. It was a long stream, that. You know, point-and-click adventure where you have to read all the narrative. It was it was perhaps not my finest moment, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. But I've thought, you know, in the space of this time, you know, th- we're going to end up with an obligatory reflection on all of that and that's what this podcast is it's the obligatory reflection on what happens when you stream for 200 days in a row and and what that brings out of you and how we learn and and what we did and and all these kinds of things i wasn't i was semi discussing this in the final episode which was yesterday um but i wanted to break it down in, in more direct fashion of the things which it has taught me and the things which it has shown me in the world, because it's done both. It's you know, it's taught me some things. It's shown me some things. It's surprised me in many ways, which I didn't think it would. Um, what I mean, one way to say it would surprise me actually how long it went for. But that's more of my my, my personal issues than, than anything else. So let's say you know, as I say we, we we created the stream for lockdown. We created it with that intention. So the reason we brought it to an end was because. We were looking at it from a point of view, well, people, as soon as people can go meet their friends in their friends' houses, to me, that's the end of lockdown. You know, I don't care about commerce, economy, and all that kind of jazz. As people, as a society, the need to be able to communicate and commune with people 
is extremely high. So as soon as you can do that in someone else's house, that's fine. That's 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 the hunter gatherer in me. It's it's going. No, you need to be able to sit around a fire in in someone's someone's living room. You know, the, the, not that we do that nowadays. And it's the middle of what is quite a balmy weekend, where I'm already starting to wilt. We're going to get there, and I am going to get my hair cut at some point, and that will that will ease the tension of the heat. But that said, so that's what that's what I was precluding. But what I, what happened was was we got to that point, and then I realised, ah, shock and horror, we're, we're close to two hundred. And the the uh, the child inside of me went, Graham, we're close to two hundred. That's a perfect number. We should bypass that number. We should get past the two hundred, or we should end it on a number which is slightly off. And so that's what we did. We ended it on 204. We didn't end it on 205, and we didn't end it on the last day of the month either. We ended it on 204 days, <laughs> which, I mean, I'll quick Google that number. I don't believe there is anything particular special about that number. Um, but I, I, I typed in 204, and what I got was a lot of bus schedules. Good, good start. It's a refactorable number. 204 is a square pyramidal number. 204 balls may be stacked in a pyramid whose base is 8 by 8 square. That's beautiful. I feel even happier about picking 204 now as its base. That makes me feel pretty good. It does. Yeah. It's also the area code of North American, uh, North America for the Canadian province of Manitoba. So fun facts. Fun facts all around for you on this podcast today. Um, <laughs> I should probably get into the nitty-gritty of this. So... We'll break this down to a few parts, but you know me, I'm going to jump back and forth, because that's what I do. So, did I enjoy it? That's probably the first question, right? That's probably the, the most reasonable question of doing something like this. And I think it's, it, I think from that sense, people look at it in the same way, like a marathon, or when you, you do something with charity, or you do something... Um, long term or like when you attempt another challenge you know you attempt a challenge for inktober or um <clears throat> was it dry january or anything like that anything where you set yourself a time frame and say to yourself yes this is what i'm going to do for these days but at the same sense this wasn't actually a challenge to me which i set it was just something i felt like needed doing it wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking in my head, oh, we need to go for 200 days. I need to stream for 200 days. I need to stream for all of this because I had no end date. I had no date at the end of it to say, hey, this is when this is going to stop. So really, all I'd actually said to myself was, you know, people, people need a space. And I think I can provide a space. So I saw it more as like a public service, you know, like PBS. You, you keep turning up. And I'll keep going. And that, that was essentially the, the, the premise of it. And I think that's what made it so easy on myself was there was no obligation to me. All the obligation I had was that I just want to provide people with space. People may not even need this space, but I'm still going to do it anyway. I'm still going to get up every day and, and fit in. Which brings me to my second point. If you're a person who were thinking of doing something like this, there's a few rules on how to do this. Um, a few things which will help you out. And they're the same things which I said um, when I, I think I discussed Inktober and how to approach Inktober. Or maybe I just I put a tweet up about it. But there's a few ways which you can help yourself when you decide to do something daily, right? So if you decide to do something daily, one, make it something which you can actually fit in. Make it something which you know you can fit into your life. So, for instance, daily streaming. It may seem like a big thing. It may seem like a lot of setup. It may seem 
complex. I made it more complex as I went along. Season one, which we did at the start of 2020, taught me what I could get away with. And then when I came to season two, I escalated that because that's the kind of person I am. I can't keep things simple for myself. But it was something I could fit in because the things which I did on stream were never specific either. I never put it down to a a line of saying, hey, I'm going to draw every day or I'm going to I'm going to talk every day and I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to sing every day. I'm going to practice every day. I didn't, I didn't do that to myself because I knew putting such a minute, acute view on it. Nice little rhyme there. I got a hair in my mouth. What is going on here? I would be able to flex it. So if I wanted to just go for a walk one day, I could go for a walk one day. All I had to do was make sure that I streamed it. So really what I actually did was I lived my life through lockdown And then I just inserted other people into it. I inserted a camera into it and said, hey, this is now this, you know. And this is the benefit of keeping it under my control. And the same with doing the podcast. Like I said at the very beginning of this, this is the second time I recorded this. That's the benefit of the projects I do is I keep them under my realm as an independent. It's why I get very uncomfortable working with other people. It's because you end up in a situation where they're reliance on you affects the project whereas this is all under my realm you know this is culture of concrete there's no way around it this is just the way we do things here (laughs) as it were this is how things happen here um when we we come to the the altar of concrete um that's a that that brings us nicely onto onto other points but we we you know and let's say that that was as simple as I could make it. And I made it real simple in my desk setup as well. I didn't have a desk setup, which I had to take up, put up, put, take down every day. I, I fit it into my working desk. I did it on my phone at times. I did it on my, my iPad. I had a camera and then I, I bought a spare camera because I, I felt like a two camera setup would work better. You know, and I, I made it real simple. So literally all I ever had to do was sit down on my computer, which I was going to be there anyway, most days and turn on the camera and away we go. So, that's my advice. Keep it simple. Keep the setup simple. Make it flexible to your life and do something which you know you can fit in. That's the, that's the base. That's the baseline of how I do it. But bringing us back onto the other point, uh, which I can't really remember what it was, but I need to get comfortable with my own face. Right? This is something which is genuinely... Um, I mean, I know, I know it anyway, and I'm trying to get better at taking compliments, and I've mentioned this a few times on podcasts and a few times on screams it's just i need to get better at taking compliments and and respecting that part of people's interaction with me it's something i i very much struggle with it's insecurity you know that's all it is it's just flat out insecurity um self-denial uh it's from years of being bullied and um you know mistreat and then being solo for quite a while it it seeps in it gets it gets into your mind so when I was on stream and people would pay me compliments, I was trying to get better at that. But what I need to do is get comfortable with my own face. And this may seem shocking from a person who puts out a podcast every week, right? To say I'm not comfortable with looking at myself or being being on myself. But something which really triggered me, or triggered like a thought in my head was, I'm way more comfortable with people watching a video of me than I am of people seeing a photograph of me. And I think there is a permanence to a photograph which I can't change. Whereas with video, I can do something to throw you off, play with my hair, throw my hands around, these kinds of things. 
there are always going to be ways to distract and ways to manipulate the situation into a more positive light. And I can also adjust as we go along. So if I see something where I'm like, oh, well, you know, my shirt's not looking quite right, I can just fluff that out and, and change that up. Or maybe I'm showing more chest than I mean to. <laughs> it just seems like a more organic way to interact with me. So I feel like the person viewing it is getting a more, more rounded view. Whereas a photograph of me is still something I struggle to take. It's something which I... I I really struggle to take. I can take a still frame from a video at any one point, which, by the way, separates me from other YouTubers because other YouTubers do really over-the-top, dramatic, absolutely chaotic thumbnails, and mine look kind of like theirs, but all of mine are directly from the video because I just talk like a ridiculous person. Deal with it. So, yeah, I need to get more comfortable with that. I think that's something which, which the stream taught me, and I'm going to try and do... I really am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and break that down and maybe post a few more comfortable photographs of myself. I'll take photographs of myself more often. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see how that kind of kind of plays out. But what else did I learn from this stream? Let's let's you know. Let's get more into it. Well, one thing I did surprise me actually was the audience interaction. So, you know, I will be the first to admit, and I I think I said this multiple times during the stream, is that I don't think of myself as a streamer yet. I didn't through the daily streams either, right? And the reason for this is quite pretentious, but also not. So I'm going to explain it. I'm just formulating it in my head so it comes out correct and I don't insult anybody. So when somebody streams, whether it be gaming, painting, music, whatever you stream, there's usually a purpose, right? There's usually a purpose. There's a product to sell. There is an idea to sell. So you come out of the, the gate and you go, right... I'm watching a music stream. There's a number on the screen. I can ring that number and say, hey, this is this is an album I want to buy and, and, and whatnot. Apparently, streaming in the 90s was a thing, and, and that's how you did that. I, I don't know why. I just com, com, combined telephones and streaming. It just it just came to my head. Either way, oh, a game. You know, someone's playing a game. You're supporting the streamer who's playing the game, or they're, they're an indie dev, and they're showing you the new title, and they want you to buy the game. Right. That's... That is a product. That is a that is a creation technique. It is a medium of creation. So when I did my daily streams, I didn't feel like I was a streamer per se, despite it being streaming, because I never had a product and I was never really trying to sell what I was doing. Again, I was just trying to push this idea of it being a public service because that's all I ever wanted it to be. That's all you know. I didn't want it to be every day. Hey, look at me! I'm doing this. Blah blah blah. blah. You know. Da, 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 da. I didn't want that. That's that's never anything I want. And that's me deferring what I do. And I'm still terrible for it. Even the last day, last day of the stream, someone came into the stream and posted all of my social media links to all my work stuff and my store and everything. And I was like, what are you even doing? And like, well, we're sharing your stuff so that people can see your stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't think of doing that because I don't see that as this. I'm not advertising this. Um, and, but it was interesting to see because it, I think it gave me more of an insight into why people enjoy my work. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I absolutely fully appreciate people who like my work. But a lot of people who do like my work are people I have met, right? And that's that's a clear distinction. They're people I've met in person, or they're people who I, you know, met at events, 
or were friends with or know through other friends. So when they interact with my work, there's always that little imposter syndrome going in the back of your mind, which is like, well, the only reason they really like this is because they know you. So they like your personality or they like the idea of you. So they, they're happy to invest likes and time and things like that into the work which I do. But seeing strangers come across your work and seeing them interact with your work is a completely different playing field. It's a completely different minefield because, you know, you've got people from across the world. Like, literally off the top of my head, there's a few people who came to the stream. So we've got Canada, America, Switzerland, Finland, um, South Africa, Kuwait. We had, there were so many people from different places that that imposter syndrome couldn't come into my head because... They were just encountering my work at face value. They were encountering it for what it was and then asking about it, being genuinely interested in it. And it led to me seeing why people, you know, why people enjoy it. And that really, despite the fact that I don't ever really chase a niche per se, you know, I don't go after one angle or another when I create my work. It's quite varied. That's what people seem to enjoy about it. They seem to enjoy that it wasn't as forced there's a lot of work which is out there. It wasn't as gun-ho about one aspect or another. It was just more balanced, which was nice. And, and it, it, you know, it made me feel pretty good, pretty good about my work. And I, I like I like that. Um, I'm, you know, I was as well, that was the, imben- the benefit as well. I got to encourage people to create themselves and, and chill. And I think it's going to spawn at least one podcast, which will be just me giving advice on how to get into drawing and, and things like that. Because I think you do forget, I think I've said this on the, the, the podcast before, that you forget that people can't do what you do. And when someone sees you doing it and you're like, you're sitting in your head and you're drawing and you're thinking, this is terrible. This is the worst hand I've ever drawn. And someone's like, this is amazing. You're like, oh, yeah. All those people out there who don't know how to structure a hand. That That's it. It's only the artists who are watching this who are like, no, that's a terrible hand. You should feel very ashamed of what you're doing. You, know, you, sh- you should give up right now. Don't, don't do it. And fuck those people because they're just gatekeeping outward. I do want to give a shout out though because audience was important. Audience was, again, it was a thing which I was expecting a lot of hostility from because it's the internet, right? You're in the internet. I, I streamed in three different places and I expected different reactions from each of them. And I got different reactions from each of them. I was surprised most by Reddit. Reddit really surprised me. So I I streamed on Instagram, Twitch, and Reddit. Instagram, I got what I expected. You know, it was friends. It was people who'd seen the stream last time. People who appreciated what I was doing in terms of the chill content. But also, you know, they're my friends. They're they're people I've met in life or interacted with in one way or life. So it's just like, oh, no, here's here's a daily hangout for you guys. You can come hang out with me. That's cool. You know, we can't meet each other in person, so we'll do this. Let's go for a pint after pre, you know, post-COVID. Twitch. Twitch, I I kind of expected more from. But at the same time, the more time I spent in Twitch, it became clear why I don't make it on Twitch. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But Reddit was the biggest surprise of all. Because Reddit is, is a mixed bag. If you want a forum, and I've mentioned this in the the podcast, which is um, choose a hostile audience once on occasion, um, like it's a it's it's blank. There's no there's no balance to it. And Arpan is a public access network, essentially. So when you put your stuff out there, you can get the worst and the best of everything. But I got very little negative attention. You got the occasional troll. I mean, I did it for two hundred and four days. There's going to be a day when someone comes along and be a dick. That's just guaranteed. But 
there was very little amount of trolling and there was very little amount of negativity which I found really interesting because I was expecting it. I was prepped for it. You know, in my head, I'm thinking this is a hostile audience. I need to be unprepared for when this goes wrong. I need to be ready to like ban people from chat, all these kinds of things. And it just it just didn't come and it didn't happen. And it kind of made me sad because, as I mentioned, audience, I met people along the way who were trying to do streaming, trying to get into streaming and wanted that personal connection, which was out there and they were seeing other people get. And they'd received negative impact and instantly given up and instantly, you know, stopped streaming. I think especially in terms of creativity and in terms of um, just how they presented themselves, people would come along and, and be trolls and that instantly stopped them. And I felt so bad that I was able to have this situation where I hadn't really had any of this. And I don't really know why, bar from the obvious ones, which are the fact that I'm not female and that garnished a lot of um, online attention and it still does if you watch streams the, the, the ratio of people who watch females to males is much higher and the misogyny which goes with it which is obviously completely bullshit so I felt bad that that was something which they were having to deal with but at the same time we you know I, I think I think it's important to remember that, that because I did this over such a long period of time I got invested in audience members, which I did not expect in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> you know, I expected I expected some level of, yeah, you know, some people take an interest. Maybe I'll get, like, two or three viewers a day. But because it was such a long period of time, you know, I, to steal a line from Dessa, I played the full room and I played the full two, right? The last day of stream, there was 4,000 people in the stream. And that's that's madness, right? That's absolute madness that that was a thing. But that also happened early on in the stream. We got a, a room when there was like a thousand people there. But most days, I'd get you know ten to twenty people. That that was about about right. And that's just streaming through. That's just, just fiddling through. But I got I met so many people along the way, and that's kind of what kept me going as well. You know, if if it had been boring, if it hadn't been dynamic, and if there hadn't been conversations to have, I would have just stopped. But then it makes me sad because. You know, there are people who I met along the way who are still completely anonymous to me. And that's the beauty of the internet. But it's also the sadness of the internet because I have no idea what happened to them. And all I can all I can do is kind of put in this podcast and say that if they do watch and they are still out there looking, of just saying, you know, I hope you're safe, I hope you're well, and, you know, look after yourselves. But I, I fully appreciate that people are dealing with their own situations. But I, I fully didn't expect that level of interest in my own audience i guess but they, i mean it's perhaps stupid because all my podcasts are just me finding people which have interesting stories so why wouldn't i connect to people who have interesting stories graham you're ridiculous you just completely contradict yourself but it reminded me of um there's a the documentary i think it's called the rain man twins about a couple of twins with um eidetic memories and they really got into dick clark the american a TV host and they had an obsession with him and they, they knew every aspect of his life and I always wondered what it would be like for Dick Clark you know you've got someone who absolutely idolizes you and he met them and he, you know he got along with them but maybe one day they would just disappear and Dick Clark would never know because he's not keeping up with their lives unless they become good friends they're just out there in the world and there's people who have seen my work or you know engaged with me on stream and then all of a sudden they just you know they were gone or they were out there in the background and i have no idea about that and it just it creates this weird little i don't know and ennui to the whole situation of 
who comes and who goes. And I know there's people who listen to the podcast who never comment, and I, you know, I really appreciate the listens. You don't have to get involved. That's that's not the point of this. It's just it was just something which surprised me, and it surprised me how much I enjoyed that interact audience interaction. But it it does kind of going back to my point about Twitch. It does make it easier to see why some streamers end up in such extreme situations or why they become such exaggerated versions of themselves, right? So I don't pander, I think is something fairly easy to say. Right? I pander, as in I could be a panda for a day, but I don't pander to an audience. You guys know that, I know that. If you've seen my artwork, <laughs> you definitely know that, right? I don't pander, I don't bend to what the audience wants. I bend based on my own idea of the concept, and that's my issue. I pander to myself. I, I, I give up when I try and, try and fight with myself. Now, when you're in a situation where you're very public-facing, there's, there's always going to be those people who try to twist what you're doing. You know, do this, do that, play this song, keep going with this, why are you doing this, keep, blah, 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 blah. And if you put yourself in a situation which is very public-facing and very day-to-day like streaming, you're going to end up with a lot of those comments. That's just a reality. And even if you have a strong resolve you will find yourself bending. And I think that's the the strangeness you see on Twitch. People don't really understand streaming because Twitch is the main um, platform. It's the most well-known platform for streaming other than, you know, things which are like r- roulette or is it camera roulette or something like that? I don't know, some bullshit about where you basically just see a bunch of dicks. But it's it's the main main platform it's gaming platform it's, it's it's straight up a gaming platform but when you see artists on it you see a lot of artists who are only drawing one type of thing and you see a lot of artists who are only presenting themselves in one way or another exaggerated versions of themselves over animating themselves ex- explicit or contrasting you know color palettes and costumes and all these kinds of things and you wonder you kind of sit and you go right are these people completely attention seeking or are they have they been corrupted in some way? And you, you can, I think from being on this side of it, I've gotten an appreciation for the fact that, yeah, you know, some of these people may be just completely sycophantic. They may just be going, right, that person over there does this and they get a lot of attention, so I'm going to do exactly that. But they may not start that way. They may have just gone into it and the desperation and, you know, insecurity, which drives these kinds of things and can affect your ego and everything like that really bends how they move and how they twist into it. And I've seen it on our panel as well. I've seen it on Reddit, watching streamers who I caught on like their first day of streaming and they were doing one thing and then two months down the line, they're doing something completely different because they were fed up with playing to like two people. And I think that's why I'm quite happy with how the stream turned out is that I didn't pander and I didn't change what I was doing. Every day I had a different different group of people. Every day I had random people. And yeah, as I say, some days there was no one there. You know, I'd turn on the camera and there was like two people there on all platforms. And other days there was quite a few. And it, it really varied. And I loved that. I loved the chaos of that. I wasn't interested in catching the same audience or the same 100,000 people every day. I just, I didn't care. I, because it, it didn't, it defeated the point. It defeated the point of the the whole stream, which was just to chill. It wasn't about catching a crowd or going viral or anything like that. It was just simply about being. And some days, more people need to be than other people. And that's the only way I can word it. And that's the only way, you know, that makes the most sense to me. You know, I I don't don't know. I think my, my, 
my panache for talking absolute nonsense is much higher as well than I ever expected to be. This is probably turning into quite a long podcast. Like, I know I can talk crap, right? Let's face it, I do this every every other week. Uh, but I know I can talk crap. And having an audience which responds to that was interesting. It it basically it, it proved to me that I could I can essentially just do improv because all I do is bounce off what other people say. It's like continuing a conversation. What's strange is like when you think about it in reality, right? It's me and thirty other people at times. So it's me it's a one sided conversation between thirty people and one. It's not thirty people chatting to each other and then one guy just in the room. No, it's it's thirty and one. <laughs> it's quite easy to respond to. I don't know why. I don't know why, especially because I think about my family and I think about you know my brother and my dad and, and my mom, and none of us really deal well with those situations in reality. But when it's stream based, fuck it, yeah, I, my 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 panacea or tenacity for just being able to jump off bounce off subjects is just apparently endless. And I don't know what to do with that skill, but we'll get on we'll get on to that. Um, <laughs> I don't really don't. I don't, don't. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what I learned from this. Overall, it's like a nice way to round this out. Um, I will say this is it's not comparable to anything, right? Streaming as a platform, as an entertainment form, as a medium. I couldn't think of anything which it would be comparable to at all. I just couldn't. Um, it's not even like live TV because live, live TV is a snapshot. I'm just going to briefly stop the camera and then restart the camera in one sec. Yeah, live TV is is like a snapshot. It's like one event is planned. There's lots of things which can happen, but it's like one day. That that's kind of thing. Streaming is is in it's such I don't know, it's such a niche. It's such a modern niche. The closest thing I can compare it to is like breakfast TV, right? It's breakfast TV, and I like I don't lo- watch a lot of streams either. This is the other crazy thing. This is like me with the podcast. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, guys. That's just a fact, and I'm I'm sorry if you you know you meet me and you're like, oh hey, you should listen to my podcast, and I'm like, no, because I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't, I you know, I just don't. I, I'm not. I don't know why. There's ones which I do listen to on occasion. But I'm, I'm just not that kind of person. Same with streaming. I'm not. I, I don't sit there and watch streaming. But I, I think it gave me an appreciation for why people do. Like, I knew people watch them because, you know, they're entertaining. The pe- personalities are entertaining. Perhaps they're interested in the game or the competition side of it and all these kinds of things. And But what, yeah, it, the way I describe it is it's very similar to breakfast TV. And I got thinking about this when I was thinking about Rhett and Link earlier. Um, so if, Rhett and Link, if you don't know, YouTube personalities, they do a show called Good, Good Mythical Morning. Um, and Good Mythical Morning is a diverse show where they basically do something new every day and they, you know, it's just, it's all set up, it's scripted, it has a studio and all these kinds of things and occasionally they do different, different little adventures and all these kinds of tricks. But when I think of Breakfast TV, I think of, you know, you get some personalities which people like or at least like to listen to sitting around just discussing the day maybe they'll have a little cooking segment maybe there'll be a little story about something which they throw up and and daily streaming is that but it's that for our generation we don't care about breakfast tv you know gen x millennials we just don't care about breakfast tv because we get our media from other aspects and we get the media we choose 
is what we get. We don't tend to consume things which we don't want to choose, apart from advertising, because advertising has got much more direct in the past few, you know, 20 years or so. But streaming is, is a it's like an offshoot of that because you're watching, but you're watching for the personalities of the people who are on there and you're watching for the comfort of it. And that's what breakfast TV provides to people who enjoy breakfast TV. They enjoy having that. They feel a rapport with the people who they're watching, whether they've met them or not, or they've communicated with them or not. They're on, they're in touch with them and that's why they like it. And that's why people like streaming. It doesn't matter what they're streaming half the time. I think I've thoroughly proved that, you know, it didn't matter what I was doing some people would come back and be like, no, we're just, we're just here to chill out with you, man. We want to chat to you. You, you, you know, there's, the term people used was vibe, um, that I have a vibe. And I think that was what inspired me to do the, the streaming in the first place is I've been told multiple times before, you know, you're calming. There's a, there's a certain thing about you and it just makes you comfortable to be around. And I can appreciate that. It's something which I'm appreciating more and more. The more I meet people and the more I get to know people. And I think... That's what streaming's all about. Some people are looking to watch someone, you know, freak out because it makes them feel comfortable. Someone's looking to watch someone break down or be super happy or to be super animated because they're, <laughs> to put it simply, it's that loneliness of humanity, right? It's that loneliness of humanity to say, maybe I just want to watch this person for a while or maybe I just want it on the background. Streaming seemed to be something which it seemed to be something which required engagement. And the more I got involved with it and the more I did it, the less it seemed like engagement, more like just an, an, an eye through a keyhole, a keyhole watching with some narrative and keeping others entertained. You know, as I mentioned, I have a panache for talking shit, for just rambling consistently. And I think that paid off. Will I continue to do this in the future? That's the question, right? Will I do this again? Will I do this again? If lockdown comes, yes, Daily Stream Season 3 will kick in. That is a fact. I already told people I would do it, and I feel obligated to not be a hypocrite to myself. So that will happen. I think as well, though, you know, I can see myself exploring it as a medium. I can see myself exploring it as just, you know, another string to the bow of the concrete cult, as it were. You know, something to do. It, it it really interested me as a an aspect of... I've never been a performance artist. And I've never been someone who creates in the line of sight of other people. Generally. I create at home. I create in my own space. You know, I paint. I illustrate. I write. But most of it's just me. It's just me there. And this is the first time I've ever had to create on camera and learn to live with that and learn to live with having people watch what I do. And at first when I started doing it, I, I was, you know, I was rushing things and trying to keep it entertaining and stuff. And the more I got into it, the more I realized I could just do it at my own pace. Didn't really matter what was going on because as I say, it was all about that connection other people had. And it was more about the audience. That's as much as I can really say in terms of what I've learned. It's taught me things about myself, as I say. It's taught me things which I need to improve on and with myself, definitely. Get more comfortable with me. Get more comfortable with promoting my own work. Um, as I say, we met a lot of people along the way. It was a hell of a journey. As much as I downplay it, 204 days is a long time. Even 30 minutes a day, that's a lot of time to go. Um, 
And I do appreciate that as much as I say it was nothing. I do think I'll do streaming again. I want to give a shout out to all the people we met along the way. And all the people who continue to follow and get involved. Yeah. All I can say is remember to chill. Keep a space to yourself. Just because I'm not there for that 30 minutes a day doesn't mean you can't sit back with a cup of coffee or something stronger and just relax and chill. Throw on some lo-fi. Throw on some lo-fi and think about concrete. And on that, on that note, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.